You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What's good, Goat Flippers? It's your host, Lurk, and I just want to say welcome back from the holiday break. And if this is your first time listening to the Van Flip Podcast, thanks for checking us out. If you are listening to us on a platform that you can give us a rating, just go ahead and give us a five-star thumbs up or whatever the highest thing is you can. It definitely helps us out in the algorithms of the podcast world. Visit LambGoat.com to stay up to date on news, releases, and announcements from around the hardcore and metal world. Follow LambGoat on social media. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow LambGoat on both Twitter and Instagram, at LambGoat. And we also started a Twitter account to better interact with the fans of the podcast directly. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter, at VanFlipPodcast. Tell us what you think of the show or what guests we should have on. If you're interested in watching podcasts instead of listening to them, all of our episodes are available to watch on LambGoat's YouTube channel. Not only that, but we also have live shows and other content that you may want to check out. So subscribe and make sure that you're notified when new episodes are released. I would like to take a quick second to shout out our Patreon supporters, Dylan and Lachlan. Thanks so much for supporting us. You guys are awesome. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, not only do you help improve and grow the show, but you also get early access to episodes, live shows, and other content that we have. A private Discord chat, lamb goat swag, and some other things. We'll even shout you out on the podcast as long as you are a supporter. Visit patreon.com slash thevanfoot for more info. On this episode of the podcast, we have Chris Calhoun of Set and Curse. Oh yeah, what's this? Feel this. Oh yeah, this is good stuff. Oh no, what's this? Oh, no, no, no. Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. Today on the couch, we are joined with Chris. I don't want to say your last name. Callahan. Callahan. Okay, there it is. I really am bad at last names That's on this right. whole endeavor that we've got going on. I don't know the guy. It's fine. <laughs> you were uh, originally from a couple different other bands, but one that you're most popular for would be Cursed, correct? And you're now in another band with a. It's about. It's kind of like a super, a hardcore super group for the most part. Would you say? It's kind of like a who's left to hang around and wants to do some more fun shit with group. Right, right. <laughs> Wasn't on purpose like that. But, um, but you're in sect. That's, yeah. that's the band you're yeah. in now. And um, speaking of hardcore, and we talked about a very little bit about vinyl beforehand, you guys just visited the Tiger Records, which is oh, yeah. uh, Bane's bass player. Yeah. Um, what's his name? I forget his name. James. James. Uh, it's his record shop that he opened up, and you guys just went... By there, right? Yeah. What's your thoughts? Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. a tiny little place, but it's got He's, some killer it's shit in there. in all the departments. I got a My Bloody Valentine Loveless for 30 bucks. Nice. Yeah. Uh, they also like have minimal other... It's more like hardcore and punk you know, vinyls. Mostly, it's not yeah. a lot of like... 
No, but the, the stuff they had, they had old, some good solo records for some kind of yeah. smaller section and reggae stuff, and they had just good... He just came back from Japan, or, or no, he went he somewhere, he and he got a bunch of Japan stuff. Yeah, hundreds, yeah. No, <clears throat> definitely great. Great spot. <laughs> yeah, that's a good spot. Tiger Records, if you're ever in my neck of the woods, you can check it out. <laughs> um, or if you actually see Bane on tour, if they ever go back on tour, uh, I think he carries some records with them. Or he definitely tries to get records, so go swap them out. But also in your band, your current band, Sect, currently on tour with Magnitude, you guys have, like we said earlier, uh, a plethora of people from older bands. You have some Earth Crisis dudes in there. Scott. Yeah. Guitarist, yeah. Is, it, is it just Scott now? It's just Scott. Okay. So, um, so who's playing bass now? Steve Hart of Day of Suffering. Uh, you'll see him meet him tonight. Yeah. Other, you know, friends from the same time frame. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you also have some pl- prayer for cleansing slash undying dudes. Jimmy Chang. Yeah. And um, is that it? Yeah, that's pretty much. No, nope. and then yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> Andrew. Yeah, Andy from Fallout Boy is also in your group. I think this is his first band. Yeah, I don't know. It could be. Is it? Yeah, could be. So you guys, you're from Canada. We mm-hmm. we previously just spoke about that, but on the Facebook it says you guys are based in North Carolina. Well, three of them are. Okay. Yeah, um, Scott and Jimmy. Um, are both in Raleigh and Steve is in uh, Luna I don't want her to stop recording or anything like that and uh, Steve is in Wilmington okay Uh, Andy was from um, Milwaukee and now he's in Portland and I'm in Ontario so two coasts and two countries but Mm -hmm. the three of them are roughly you know we kind of start out everything we do in Raleigh and kind of go from there if it's down here at all We'll touch base back with that. I yeah. actually skipped ahead. I shouldn't have. I was thinking about that. But anyway, uh, what you're an older gentleman like myself. <laughs> what um, what brought you into like the hardcore scene and stuff like that? Like, how did you get started in it, especially in like Canada? Um, it was fortunate for me the timing that it happened. I mean, I was like 16. I was in uh, Hamilton, Ontario, which is just outside of Toronto. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other bands from there. There's, yeah. Which one are you thinking of? Uh. It looks some fires from there. They're from close by. They're from yeah. Niagara. Yeah. And uh, is ca- counterparts is in that I area? Think they are. Yeah. They're in. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. around there. Anyway, continue. There's I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, I was just in a. It's like a maybe Pittsburghy or Detroity kind of place. Like it was a factory place that was booming at some point, and it kind of hit the skids, and so it was a little bit of an angry, unnecessarily isolated place for somewhere that's just like forty minutes outside of the biggest metropolitan city we have. But. Plus, it gets pretty cold. It gets fucking cold. It's yeah. minus eighteen. That always kind of Celsius. That kind of <laughs> always messes with the psyche and the uh, the attitude of yeah. a person. Cameron from Magnitude uh, was just saying it's fucking cold. Like just now, like, yeah. Fuck you guys. This is a uh, yeah. It's like January. Yeah. It's January and you're in Florida, and yeah. it's it's colder it. now than it's been all all year. But I put my long sleeve shirt on. But I have one on yeah. earlier, but I'm rocking the tee now. Yeah, I got pants on. Mm-hmm. That's a rarity. It's extreme. Extreme weather. I haven't worn my sandals at all, though. But you got sandals? Nah, I haven't worn sandals in like years, but good. Technically, <laughs> I used to live at the beach out here. You know, now I'm downtown. I guess you're gonna want some neighborhood areas. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. There's no reason to wear <laughs> to wear your sandals out here. Yeah. No, I just um, was in like I don't know. It's kind of a misfit of a person without any real strong kind of friend group, and I moved a lot around as a kid. Moved houses around, so mm-hmm. I didn't have the same group of friends a lot of time, and just fell in with a pile of people. I don't know if it was the same for you growing up, but Skateboarders and weirdos. Degenerates. Punks. All the degenerates. Were yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's almost the same, yeah. <laughs> random straight edge kid. And I don't know, I ended up at like show that was 
really like the equivalent of a Battle of the Bands or something thinking back on it now. Uh, I don't know, just like uh, walked into a situation, got thrown into a fucking wall and I loved it. Yeah. You were <laughs> scared. Early teens or something like that? Yeah, I was about 16, 15 cool. or 16. Yeah. And I just loved it. It was a real argumentative moment. Everyone was talking about just questioning all the shit about that you grow up with and all the ideas you don't like in your head. Mm-hmm. And that's really where I was at that moment. And I just kind of made family of it really fast and were, stuck with it. Were you into some kind of like uh, alt, like other music at the time before you before you got there? And you yeah, were... like I liked punk. I didn't have older brothers or real friends around, so I just kind of like gravitated towards it myself and found it and walked into stores and bought the first things that looked cool in a show. Cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And by then you're just like looking, don't judge a book by its cover, but you kind of have to at those times. Yeah, yeah. honestly I did. The first stuff when I didn't know what it was was like My War. A crass record, mm-hmm. a foreskins record. Mm-hmm. Like it was a real mishmash of stuff, but it was like that's pretty much indicative of how the rest of my time would go. Like <laughs> I really steered it. So, yeah, it's crazy. It's, like nowadays, especially, especially with everything being so digital and uh, accessible, mm-hmm. uh, you you basically know, you know, what the band is prior to like picking it up, picking up a record blindly. But yeah, it used to make for some good art. Yeah, I think good so too. album art. You know. Um, Oh, so we kind of just dove into that. Like, the scene in Canada at the time, when you were a youngster, um, what was, I mean... It was mostly around Chokehold, if you know them. Um, not super familiar with them. I mean, it's really specific to the city, and the scene was really, like, 20 people, really, you know? Like, it wasn't a big deal. And they all make up of, like, eight bands? Really, we did. Yeah. yeah. That's usually how it works out in the early days. Well, from Chokehold through, like, Left 4 Dead, and uh, all that was really the same. The same people were overlapping a lot of... Yeah. No, it was like a very argumentative point in time for like hardcore. It was very much the same time as like slackery, grungy things. And yeah. If you remember how that was, like it was very, I don't know, anti-establishment. Really didn't understand why yet, but it was really into talking about why. Well, I know like Earth Crisis was like almost at their prime around that time too. Yeah. I, I'm a, I mean, I don't want to date you that, no, that, that bad, was, but they're, they're in that same They area. played in my friend's living room down the street from my mom's house. Yeah, that's the first time that Scott and it was when the very first seven inch and the first oh nice they went out. so like really old school stuff it really was <clears throat> no disrespect again no it's not we were joking today about respect and happy people just talk about respect too respectfully I don't need that much respect mm, yeah that's yeah. true I don't get enough I don't get it I don't get no respect you can have some of mine it's better yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I need any yeah. it's I like the internet clout better you know Good. Well, respect. Respect. <laughs> so, <laughs> smash that like, that like button for respect. Yeah, yeah. If you could sub and <laughs> like and share, that'd be all dope yeah. stuff. Or don't. Okay. Well, uh, mostly of them. They mostly won't. <laughs> it's okay though. Um. So how did how did uh, sect come to fruition? Obviously, you met you met. Um, oh I'm my god! His name. Who's These I are your here. interview subjects. I got it. I got it. I got Which it. One? I got it. I got it. It's, it's it's Jimmy. It's Jimmy, not Ian. Um, so yeah. you, you met him then, but like you guys probably weren't buddy buddies until much later or when you were in a band? Yeah, uh, we'd all, anybody at this point that's like this age, which I'm 45, if that helps. It's okay. <laughs> when you keep saying a man of your vintage or something. I mean, I'm up there with you. That's what no, I'm, trying, I'm trying to like I'm sorry for put us in the same kind no, of No, no. But I mean, I've in that much time in a scene where most things go pretty fast and you know circles of people come and go and waves of people go really every couple of years and if you think about what is that what's well, like 1991 to now like 18 or 28 or so years of 30. that 
it's a lot of waves of people. So really people that are still around and they're still just around for the same reasons as they were when they were like 16. It's pretty rare. So whoever's left is going to mostly find each other. Gravitate towards each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, hardcore splinters off into lots of little subsections. And over time, we all were in sort of different corners of the same world. So we've crossed tracks. Uh, Jimmy and I had crossed paths and there's bands that stayed uh, when Undying came through Toronto mm-hmm. and stayed at our house. Things like that. And Scott was from Syracuse and moved down here. Um, they've all, everyone's got a different history with each other, but. We've all kind of crossed over at some point. And Andy, yeah. I'm sorry, I'll, I'll let you lead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, Andy, you're, lead. you're leading. Okay. Um, Andy and I, both in other bands that were on Southern Lord, did a tour. Um, and we just were talking and hit it off really good, too, and wanted to start something. And Andy had also drummed, filled in a bit um, for Earth Crisis. Yeah. Jimmy had to, and they, independently of that, had talked about starting something. So it was sort of like two ideas. He's a little younger than right? He's yeah. a bit younger than us. Yeah. I think he's younger than me. You're 38? 36? Is he older than me? A, I think he's a bit older than that. Okay. Yeah. I just remember Fall Out Boy being around forever. So yeah. I kind of but they were really uh, young, though, too, at the time. Yeah. Um, and they're relatively in your area for the most part. Aren't they up from uh, Michigan? They were, I think, I mean, Andy was Milwaukee, the Chicago, I think, yeah, okay, more okay, or less. Okay, okay. And they were all in different hardcore bands, too, like a lot of them. Yeah, I, I know. The, when that band came out, it was very weird. I mean, that was one of the first times that I'd seen, like, um, you know, bands in a scene somewhere. Be like, fuck it. Hardcore kids in, like, a yeah. successful... Yeah, and they just kind of went their route, and, you know, they, they did their thing. But yeah. that was, you know, one of the first ones that I'd seen like that. So, interesting. But it's also interesting to find out that he comes from that background. They all came from that background. Yeah, no, it is. It's a thing. It's neat. I think people have a lot of... I mean, he, I think... I wouldn't want to be in his position. He deals with it pretty gracefully, but he's just like a hardcore kid. That's a straight edge kid. Yeah. He's, he's also in the damn thing with Keith, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. He's like a fun, nerdy, earnest guy that wants yeah. to just do his thing. Well, it's cool he's back into, uh, you know, these types of bands prior, uh, not not prior, but after, you know, the great success with Fallout Boy. But I guess yeah. he can do whatever he wants, basically. Yeah, and this is what he kind of wants he's been playing in other like kind of DIY bands mm-hmm. the whole time too right sort of on the side uh, it's crazy to see where where other like you know where bands of that caliber yeah, have influences no, in other little genres there's not many people that go there and go backwards from that right this, so shout out to him alright yeah. that's enough follow boy talk I know that's uh, something that we're not interested in right now so that's cool see it's good you disable that comment section right right oh no the YouTube the YouTube will definitely be yeah. comments but yeah right. the anonymous comments are gone <laughs> to this, yeah all right, neckbeards, bring it on. Yeah, yeah, right? So like we were talking about earlier... I think your mom said uh, lunch is ready. Yeah. <laughs> she has to yell it down into the basement, yeah. though. Uh, so like you said, like we were talking about earlier, you're from Canada and everyone else is from other parts of the country and most of the crew is from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that affect like writing for you guys? Is that like all done over the internet or is it you, re- you get all your ideas and then come record? It's weird. For or do you meet up to write? All those guys have been in... I'm more, I want to say more professional as musicians, <laughs> and I've been playing all this time, but never just in bands that usually are in a jam space and something starts with a riff and ends with a song. Mm-hmm. But the only way we can do all this is that way, is kind of remote control. But uh, Scott and Jimmy write all the songs, and they each kind of write about half and half of the songs. Um, they demo them, Scott and Jimmy demo them, and then send them all around to all of us and we kind of learn them and listen to them and then we all get together with that rough idea in mind and get together and play it because you kind of still have to be in one place playing right. it practice see, yeah and like also just vibe it off each other right. in a room together and see what works or what you would switch up about it so songs are almost 
complete with once I get to you guys. Yeah, which is kind of hard yeah. for me for the way like I write like lyrically. And Do you songs. write it as like when you're in a ideal situation? Is it something that you write as the band is writing? Usually, I have kind of like an idea thematically, and then there's like a, enough of a raw idea musically, and they yeah. kind of grow to, together. And this is different because it's like, here's the song. <laughs> Whatever you got's got to fit perfectly into yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm really OCD about every syllable of something making the right yeah. sense. Well, it's, it's a big yeah. part of, I mean, as a vocalist yourself, I'm sure you agree. Uh, it's a big part of the melodic structure of the song for yeah, the most part. Yeah, for sure. I grew up drumming too, so it's very like percussive in my mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I was in a band way back in the day, and um, Doing it that way as a song completed and then writing into it would be very difficult for me. It's stressful. It'll be like a an LP at this point too. Yeah. Like I gotta write because as a, as, a, as a vocalist or whatever, you also have an idea of what you want the song to sound like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably a little difficult to deal with that. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> it um, keeps it a little stressful, and stressful usually keeps it good though. Like <laughs> on your toes. Yeah. In the course of recording, I'll be so stressed out about it that it'll be kind of at my wit's end and I make sure <laughs> yes. doing what I'm trying to do anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. everyone in the band, at least from your Facebook, your Facebook currently says uh, you're straight edge and vegan for the most part. Mm-hmm. I also thought it was interesting it said no vaping on there. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we're just being <laughs> Yeah, we I was wondering, I was curious if it was like hard line with the no vaping because I know that obviously you can vape weed and Oh my nicotine. God, no, it's not. I, mean, I guess it's here. We none of us do, but it's not. We're kidding. I don't know if some of your some of your dudes are like blowing big big cloud competition type vapes or yeah, you know, anti that. I'm anti that. That's pretty crazy. I, yeah, it was just a little. It was a funny thing that I saw on yeah. there earlier. Yeah. So <laughs> most of your content with the band is that focused more so on like. Um, your lifestyle choices or is it more just like everyday life kind of shit that's going on and you're upset about that is really I guess where it falls on me and I don't right <laughs> no for real like this yeah. is this is something that I think is pretty special about this band because I grew up with like around you know, kind of orbiting that that world of straight edge stuff but I and I have been those things since I was 19 but each of those things represents something in my head that you could take hardcore away and many times it has gone away mm-hmm. and it's still the same so I don't really like to think about this only in in a relation to that culture because you're playing at a bar half the time and if you're talking about sobriety and that's something like everyone around you has gone through <laughs> yes. or their parents and all their friends <coughs> are recovery and so that's just something I feel like music should apply to whoever it should go out to everybody so mm-hmm. if it's me I, it's neat because I've had my frustrations with the worlds of like straight edge and vegan things and that people are usually pretty young and they don't really know how to handle that kind of dogma that well so they lay it on really thick, you know, and then they usually are still growing just as people, right? Yeah. And things do shift around, and that's the reality of growing up. And yeah, your mindset from 18 to 30 is greatly different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I, it always seemed wild to me. Like, it, if it happens to work out that way, like Steve and our bass player has never, it's never come up for him in his life, and that's awesome. But everyone is different, and I, I went through all that shit growing up, and I'm glad I did. I don't wish that I didn't, right. but I had no moderation and I couldn't do it. So. You're talking about like not being straight edge and yeah. doing just yeah. substances. Yeah, Drinking no, especially, it. but... Yeah. What's the worst one of all? That was the worst one. It is the you're worst talking one. about weed, I'm like, I'd be, rather see people I know smoking weed than on like antidepressants that fuck you up for life. And, yeah, I was going to ask, what's your stance on like stuff like that, like over-the-counter medicine? Because like, I'm not big on that in general, but obviously when I get like super sick and I had like a flu or something, like yeah. I recently did... 
I succumb to it. And Are I'm you not, talking about just like over the counter? Yeah, over the counter. I'm not a big. I don't. We talked about part of the podcast, but I'm not a big man made kind of situation. I don't really like because anyone can put anything in anything. So yeah, yeah, it's kind of frightening. Of I don't know. I'm pretty big on a lot of herbalist things and home remedies and yeah, essential like oils and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so you I think know, anything something natural can do, it should do first before a pharmacy. Right, right, I agree. It's weird, uh, you know, like, as a kid, you're just kind of indoctrinated into the whole, like, Western medicine situation. Yeah. And then uh, all that herbalist stuff and all that essential oil kind of, like, mm-hmm. weird hippie stuff is very much looked down upon in the in the main main culture. Right. But it's kind of strange that the older you get, you're like, well, that makes, you know, certain things make sense. And now yeah. with the big, there's a big wave, obviously, of like more holistic type. And commercial medicine is, is moving towards those, like we're trying to seem like. Mm-hmm. Well, they're missing a lot of money, man. Yeah. They need that money. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, I don't really <laughs> write straight edge songs that are like that. Yeah, okay. So if that's me, that song to me is shit about my friends that have lost and I hate it. It's cool. Not, not cool, but not yeah, it's exclusive. interesting. Yeah, it's not religious. It's just like, why do you do or not do something, no matter what it is? Yeah. Um, yeah. What personally brought you to that idea of like switching over at that age? I was. Was like, it just like you just like kind of being out of control and then yeah. listening to that kind of music and decided? I was out of control and listening to that same kind of music both ways. <laughs> and this is where my war comes in, where Black Flag's my war. Because okay. I got the same out of that. I think they're playing here tomorrow. That's that's certainly something. Black Flag? Yeah. They're, they're, they're playing tomorrow. <laughs> okay. I have thoughts on that. It doesn't matter, man. <laughs> no. Uh, that man just, I don't know. I could attach myself to that that anger as drunkenly as I could after I stopped doing everything. Mm-hmm. My war in particular. But no, I had no moderation, and I drank a lot. And I, I, I was 19 is our drinking age in Ontario, so it's like you're 21. And I was just hitting that age, and I lived with my friend. I'd moved out of home, and I just couldn't. Like, I was dealing with that for shit that I still have, which is just anxiety in a room full of people. And if I let myself do that now, I have better reasons for anxiety than I ever had. It wouldn't be in the fun or healthy or sociable way. It would just right. be to, like, smear out that. Is it, um, were you drinking prior to the legal age? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I mean, I grew yeah, up high school and shit, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just ironic because I stopped the year that I could have legally done it. <laughs> it just, wasn't cool anymore. No, it wasn't. It was depressing to me to think as an adult of just going to a liquor store and bringing something to my apartment and sitting at my table. Like, what the fuck well, is it's crazy you did it so young because, like, usually, well, here, I've, I've known a lot of people that, especially growing up in the scene, a lot of people were straight edge until they were legal. This is what I mean. They're yeah. young. <laughs> and then they swap it up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, as I got older, just I, I I drank a lot too. Um, as I got older, it was just like crazy how much money you spend on that shit. I don't know. And how frequent. That. I mean, you probably, yeah, don't know. But it was. I mean, I don't have the money to fucking fuck around, <laughs> so I'm glad. That's yeah. the other reason I can't. Even though you can get, I don't know, it's it's crazy there. It's just, it's an expensive habit, yeah. if you want to call it a drinking habit. But For sure. Yeah. I never really messed around with anything outside of uh, drinking and smoking the reefer. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's a natural situation. I like the natural substances more. We kind of talked about mushrooms earlier, and since we're talking about it now, I'll just kind of throw that out there Um, because we're talking about medicine and stuff, Mm -hmm. too. Um, My girl, Gina, was watching some kind of Netflix show. It was a Gwyneth Paltrow Uh show or something like that. Mushroom in her vagina. Nah. (laughs) She had, like... She has this. I don't. I don't know exactly what goes on, but she has this little like organization, and they send a bunch of like people down to Jamaica to do magic mushrooms because it's unregulated there or something like that. But they did it for like therapeutic reasons, 
And uh, I was just curious because she literally watched that today, and I was like, well, I wonder what, you know, your stance would be on something like that because it is somewhat of a medical you know what? therapeutic I'm, thing. I'm probably not the typical straight edge guy answer to this. I've got like a lifelong situation with insomnia and anxiety and medication that I'm usually trying to get off of or just bravely flushing down a toilet and then Mm. before crashing into a wall. Uh, I have friends that, I have a friend that Ali that does mushrooms once a year on New Year's Day. Mm -hmm. And he said it just resets his, and like that's the only thing he does. He does that every New Year's or something and just kind of resets everything. Uh, I know they're going to start looking at psilocybin for PTSD and for a lot of things like that. Yeah, they kind of started doing that here in the States at least. Yeah. No, honestly, it makes all the sense in the world in that it sort of like takes the the phone off the hook and the things that are like, you know, the anxiety Mm -hmm. that's going around your head. Uh, it's unfortunate now there's all these kind of things that uh, I could probably make great use of if I didn't just categorically not do them. (laughs) I've had doctors ask me that before it was even legal in Canada, which it is just like, what about weed then? If you don't want this and you don't want that and you've tried that, I got a good answer for that, except I just, I belong to a weird, you know, cult of people that just don't. This culture that I'm a part of? I can't explain it right now, but yeah. Have you ever broke edge? Just like accidentally or anything? No, no, no. I mean, I think everyone's got some, like, accidental things in the course of a long time. There's peanuts in this chocolate? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) But no, I've never, I uh, I really just, like, I smoked and I drank. I didn't really, like I said, weed and hash was was it. And I think that the weed that I had when I was a kid went through, like, Hell's Angels where I was. It was probably full of PCP. It wasn't a good experience for anxiety. Well, most shit around that time in general wasn't that good. (laughs) 90, 91. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> a good time to get random weed from bikers. Yeah, so now it would like probably blow your mind. It would probably explode my brain anyway, so I'm just going to keep on where I'm going yeah, yeah. stay away from it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that's, it was interesting just because the magic mushroom thing just popped up randomly today and I just... Yeah. Kinda... No, I, I can see why. If, it, if any plant works for people, this is where the vegan and the straight edge sort of butt up against each other. Yeah. You know, I know I hate the idea of pharmaceuticals and monopolies more than I hate just, I mean, the fact of something as a drug isn't in itself a problem. It's that people get dependent on that. Yeah. That's where there's strings attached and then there's somebody making money off that dependency. That's, of your addiction and slash yeah. thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a that's, slippery slope, that whole pharmaceutical. Right. World. So for the reasons I stopped like drinking or something in the first place, I'm not going to go towards that and just disempower <laughs> myself. Right. Right. It's hard enough to hold on to like what little control and power you have. Over true. Yourself. True. Um, that's what I think. Anyway. So is it, is it cool for you being in a band with some people that, you know, earth crisis in general that you kind of like looked up to and you got into hardcore, you know, yeah. originally with like, it's very full circle. Yeah. How does that feel as like, because now you're touring with the, with these individuals and you're playing music with them. Is that like, it's like, a, like you said, first, it's a full circle thing. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's really neat because we, in all this time, I've been playing with different people and cursed in the swarm and this, there was friends, you know, friendships wrapped up in that mm-hmm. and went back to like being 15 years old. <laughs> like things that when they fell apart really cut a lot of you know, the divider of life mm-hmm. of people you knew before and after. So I've been playing ever since, and I've always just, every time something imploded, just started the next thing with whoever was around. And every single band is a different scenario. Um, you know, it's like a mix of whatever people and whatever you decide you're going to yeah. do with it. So I don't like to predetermine what anything's going to be like. But for this, I really love that I've never been in really an intentional 
vegan or straight edge band until my 40s. So I love it because I'm like, I've never not done those things. I never thought about them like that, but it's really cool because it's such a diverse world of people that after all that, we can all like throw in together with one thing. Were they fans of your bands prior? Yeah, different ones of us, like, you know, different. different I don't know if they'd be like, who's this guy? And then you just kind of linked up with them or something like that later on in life. Yeah. Um, So being someone... Again, I don't mean to date us that that much, but God. being someone that's been, right. being someone that's been in the like hardcore realm for twenty plus years, uh, what are some of the what are some of the things that you've seen change within the scene itself? Because like, you traveled and stuff like that too, all over. So, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you've seen as when you were younger? It's completely different now. Uh, probably the. The fact of being on one foot on each side of like the analog era and the digital era, like the, you know the advent of the internet. Yeah. Sorry, JP, you might open that damn door. Luna. Luna's gonna cry the entire time. What are you doing? You gonna come yeah, see us? What do you always want to hang out? You can hang out if you want. want to come? The people love you on the YouTube. Yeah. But we'll come on. We got that Yoto. Yeah. All right. Well, you want to see you later, Lou? So yeah, back. Uh, positive, negative, positive, negative changes. Yeah. In this thing. Well, I think the fact that you had to find your own way and find the things you liked. Thank you. Back then, uh, was a different world than now, and it's not even bad. It's good. People have direct access to each other's stuff. Right. That was really democratizing that part of the whole internet period. But it's a little bit deceiving, I think, in that people can punch in their coordinates of what's exactly perfectly tasteful in a moment without really just finding it for themselves mm-hmm. and I'm really always more interested in hearing just what sound somebody really makes on their own than what seems like the right thing to make would be you know what I mean like I'm sort of into that genuineness yeah finding your own shit like yourself not something that you would for fans of yeah yeah right and there was a moment where that became like I remember touring in bands and wanting to hear something that just like ah, I wish we could play the band that sounded like SOA and side by side <laughs> crossed over and then somehow one year like that exact band happened and then you play with five of them a night you're like wait a minute <laughs> something's not right about this yeah how did that happen and it's yeah I don't know. <clears throat> that, it, that's been a really big dividing line what are some of the positive changes you may have seen because the internet is one of those positive negative it things. is for sure I don't just like hate on it across the board it's been great because everybody I mean money aside from the money that it used to take and how much middle management and how many shitty fucking people were in the middle of people yeah. that make music or any form of art and the people that want it. Um, there's things like Bandcamp and people can put something up and everybody just knows. That's been really cool. Yeah. And I do think that now, just now, like people that are um, younger now, I feel like there's a way better wave of really not self-conscious, much more fun. I mean, we're talking about like the, <laughs> the last 20 years of that, the depths, the murky depths of the internet. Yeah, and I think people grew like sort of cynicism that really was they were not old old I don't want to say old enough for yeah but it didn't really reflect their life experience right you know what I, mean? I also think the internet has made it brought a couple things to light that maybe are positive for like I hate saying anti-bullying stuff or shaming or something like that mm-hmm. but I feel like a lot of people used to do that in our back in the days yeah because that was like the internet then oh my god yeah and then now it's like if someone does that it seems like the internet also autocorrects itself and right people like, in pretty much real time now so. yeah, yeah 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 I guess that's the best that should come out of that accountability isn't isn't bad and yeah you know what I mean that can only be good if you know having behind your avatar yeah exactly yeah I don't know social media yeah um 
Speaking of the internet, are you? Do you think it, your bands, I should say bands in general, have benefited more so from the internet in the later stages because of like file sharing and just yeah. ease of access? Because it is a negative, like we were saying earlier, where like bands can just search out bands that sound like this band, this band, this band, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference from like when kids would reach something out on their own. Like when we were younger, we'd fall into these little niches. So mm-hmm. like, I do see that it is more of a it's a, it's a you know good and bad thing. It's I was talking about more like for creativity. Okay. That people punching in coordinates is a little bit. I'd rather people see people look away entirely and like make a sound that you just right whatever comes out. But it's easy just to find but a, to find things, a band yeah. that you like and just keep going down that yeah. rather than like searching or attending shows per se. No, that's, that's one yeah. Of the you do this all in your living room. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that can only be good. How are you going to find like obscure '80s hardcore? Like you, you know what I mean? That you yeah. would have never maybe on a tape tape from a tape of a tape. Physical but, copies are coming back though. We're in a big, just a big, especially tapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just weird. Cause that's like full circle, full circle for me. <laughs> tapes. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I was yeah. tapes kid. Just passing them around. And that was like basic file sharing back in the day. <clears throat> so you're not like anti Lars, anti Napster guy. I'm anti like Lars. Lars or is a prick. <laughs> you're a prick. I'm also anti Lars. Good. But that is, I mean, I'm not a big Metallica <laughs> fan in general. But that was a. I remember that time. You can send your fucking dad to beat me up. Yeah. (laughs) Call him down from the mountain. When Napster happened and that whole... I thought Napster was the coolest thing because I got to... That shit is great. Yeah, I get to listen to a lot of shit. Yeah. I still have Soul City. Do you? Yeah, he's still... uh, It's a viable option. I got a friend that vouches for it a lot. Like, lately. I didn't... I will vouch. It is definitely a good... uh, No, they don't sponsor us or anything, but it's definitely... Think about it, Soul City. But if you want to, hey... Uh, but yeah, no, file sharing was like, you know, it's your typical trading of tapes now. Mm-hmm. Or CD mixtapes or whatever, but... That's getting a little harder, too. You know, like the copyright, the middle, the people in the middle, again, like the people that own the whole catalog. Yeah, the labels and shit. Yeah. It's becoming more of a, like a DIY situation, too. Whereas, like you were saying, Bandcamp, technically your band can just record whatever. And recording is much easier than it was when yeah. we were kids, too. That's true. So, like, everything's been made to be easier, not that it's negative, but mm-hmm. anyone could just throw anything up on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, or YouTube, and yeah. the next thing you know, you can gain a following without even having any middleman. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... That's kind of beautiful. It's a great time to be alive. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, let me see here, let me see here, let me see here. I heard you were, and this could be false, but you're a culinary guy? Culinary hustler is what I think the I correct term so was. A little bit. I can cook a little bit. I think bit. Vice called you that. Did they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is yeah. it a culinary guy? Culinary hustler. Really? Yes. Weird. Was the, was the term. Now I had this situation. There was a situation where... <laughs> Hustling vegetables on the side? It wasn't. <laughs> no, yeah. No, it, it actually, that is what happened. It wasn't a plan in life. Yeah. Uh, I've just played in hardcore bands and worked jobs I could kind of pick up and put down for all this time. Right, right, right. Um, but being vegan and traveling to the South, I had friends in North Carolina at some point make things that uh, would have had kind of like lard in them, you know, mm-hmm. make smoky, like Southern mm-hmm. things. We don't, Canada has like a lot of Caribbean kind of food and population. But we you don't got have, a lot of Haitian people up there. Yeah, but we don't have like in the way that you have like, like black American right. soul food. We don't have the same stuff like that. So cooking like that and really savory things that are kind of like greasy. Um, Poutine? Yeah, well, that's greasy for sure. <laughs> no, I mean like collards and smoky stuff right, like that. Right. <clears throat> Until pretty recently, we didn't have a lot of that in our food. But I had sort of a weird home creation turned into like a viral thing and then turned into like a business <laughs> overnight, which is basically like fake lard 
which is weird that it, had, that it ends up being after all the things you try to do on purpose with your life like and then I made fake lard and then that's yeah that's what I'm being known for now yeah yeah so that happened and now I run a, run like a company about it nice do you yeah. do you cook are you like chef up or anything? I'm really fucking bullshit in that department I like I can make <laughs> not like a particularly good at it I'm kind of a MacGyver so you're basically just kind of like a low key fight club dude without the fight club that's exactly what it is yeah it's been said no you're the first to say <laughs> no I make a few different things now just I mean in the last couple of years the vegan options are so through the roof right it's, yeah it's a big movement it's amazing that we yeah to, it's with our band everybody's like an old vegan so it's neat that we lived long enough we survived the dirt cakes of the 90s <laughs> right just living enough. on like basic sustenance <laughs> yeah really crumbly shit yeah, well, drink I, a lot of water with I have a friend who has this um, he says if it tastes good spit it out he's big on that so like if something because usually things that are tasty like taste that good can't be they vegan? can't be good for oh. you no they can't be good for you like oh, you know like yeah. candy and, and all sorts of processed that's junk. the trick though They're, I think that's not true that's well no because now with the vegan situation there's a lot of experimental you know experimenting with like spices and just other kind of yeah you know materials and like food and uh, no, it's definitely like gone completely haywire now. I mean, I, I remember. Well, obviously, when we were younger, all that stuff was looked down upon too, in general. Mm-hmm. And it's becoming more accepted as the internet has been more plethoral. You mean processed stuff? No, uh, being vegan or vegetarian mm-hmm. is is kind of it's come full circle to where like everyone kind of realizes they've been somewhat brainwashed to eat meat in general. Well, once people mostly see, I mean, no, I don't know anyone that needs it to be a dead animal if they once they realize like. That oh, they could have the same what they need, whether it's protein or whether it's like the exact flavor. Like mushrooms are big exact. in there, huh? They're They're big, the, mushrooms are a big meat alternative. I've yeah. been finding out. Yeah, great. We've had a lot of vegan people on the on on the podcast, just unknowingly. Right. So I've had a couple conversations on and off with people like Tommy from Between the Bear and Me. Oh yeah. Uh, mean Pete from Ether and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, we've kind of tossed ideas back and forth and it's one of those things where like now I'm hearing about it so much and I'm interacting with people so much like that mm-hmm. not that I would not that I'm going to give up meat necessarily like tomorrow but I have consciously made an effort to not eat as much of it just because I know that the but meat it would be easier for you too now than it would have before like, you, oh, know, yeah, you know what it, you need and it's right there if you need, if you made that decision you'd... 100% yeah it's definitely a viable option like you right. can definitely do it now and somebody living anywhere is in that situation you know if you live mm-hmm. in the most remote place you can still get at those things. What would surprise the average sect fan about the band? Like, what is something that would surprise the band? I mean, not surprise the band. No, I know what you mean. the average listener of sect. I don't know. Uh, talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer a lot. Big movie guys? Everyone's kind of a different sort of, like, a nerd. I think with the exception of Steve, we're all pretty, like, big sci-fi kind of nerds. Yeah? Yeah. Jimmy, uh... <laughs> He's the, we're big, it's a Josh Joss Whedon fan. Okay, that maybe that's one. I don't know. There was a bunch of Angel and Buffy talk today in the van. Do you guys have the DVDs with you? Jimmy has the whole box set at his house, like the seasons. We don't have them with us because we're yeah. just in like a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> Are you more? We're so much older now, you know. Yeah, yeah it makes more sense. The Are minivan you, uh... makes sense. Are you into the physical copy thing? I know you like vinyl stuff, but you I'm know. a fucking asshole about physical copies of absolutely every. Are form you like? Format. Are you pro CDs too? Yeah, At I'm pro format. all the things. But yeah. I've got like eight tracks. <laughs> I do. I have like yeah. hundreds and uh, hundreds of that, and thousands of records, and all. I don't know if I haven't heard an eight track in fucking 
25 years or so. So I don't even know what the sound quality light is. They're like really good when they're good. Yeah. Like it's like recording. I don't even know how, I don't even know how, yeah, how an 8-track would work. It's like cassette tape. Um, is it a quarter inch? It's, it's a little thicker. It's got a lot of information on it. The trouble with them is they wind in this infuriating, like famously (laughs) terrible way where they wind from the inside out and you can't like splice and fix them. Like, you know, when you're a kid and there's a tape that breaks, they can Mm -hmm. put a piece of tape over it. You can't do that shit with 8-tracks. So you can hunch it down and it could have lived for like 35 years and the magnetic or um, this steel tape that holds this, they're called programs. It's basically four sides somehow. Mm-hmm. And they put about three songs and then they mix this and it flips on itself somehow. And when they meet, that piece of tape could break, can be brittle. So it could, the first time you play it, it might, <laughs> like many angry dads' cars of the <laughs> 80s, many ELO throw, throw tracks thrown on the fucking highway. Yeah, so it's fun because it's kind of dangerous. You get them and you're not sure. It's gonna eat it. It's got a finite, uh, finite life. Yeah, yeah. That makes um, it pretty but good. the sound quality is decent on this. It's I haven't heard when, No, I man, I've got a good. Yeah, I've okay. got a poppy family. Uh, they're they're better than like tapes. I don't I don't think tapes that good. They're like not the that good. No, they're they're yeah. like that, but more high fidelity. Okay. I That's think. Cool. If the tracking and all the little parts inside to do the tracking, they could just fit more shit on the tape, and it was way more portable. <laughs> but the, where it stops, there's no logic. It's just like that time runs out, and either they'll like shittily fade a song out right, and back right. in, <laughs> yeah. or right in the middle of a song, it'll into yeah. the next one. Flip it around the other side. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Recently, <laughs> I got back into the CD collecting because I, I I dabbled in the vinyl when I was younger, and uh-huh. I got rid of all my shit. Did you? Yeah. Oh, it was bummer. Uh, and then I uh, I was moving around a lot too, so I was all over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, definitely um, got back into it. And then you know I stream so damn much music in the car or like here that I started to notice like, well, Spotify isn't loud. Like it's not, if I crank if I crank Spotify the loudest I can make it, it's not loud. Right. If I listen to a CD in the car or outside, it's like holy crap, it's yeah. definitely more full. Yeah. And I remember the talk, the the whole thing where like vinyl's key and vinyl's the best sound. But you know what? Pretty much all the formats, it's relative to their time. And this is why I think that reissues are great in terms of the stuff that you would never be like able to find. Like remasters or reissues? Well, when you end up with stuff that's like digitally, like reconstituted analog, mm-hmm. something that's made from a digital master, doesn't make as much sense. And there are things that are on CD from that generation that sound fantastic as CDs. Yeah. Because that information is like not compressed. It's flowing the right way. Like I have a lot of classical avant-garde things like you know ECM mm-hmm. label ECM they do a lot of Eastern European no clue sorry it's, it's alright it's like weird <laughs> jazz stuff it's a label from like uh, the 70s through now it's okay. a lot of different avant-garde and like chamber things but yeah some stuff like that that is absolutely still I would buy it as a CD and some stuff on vinyl that's I mean I collect absolutely everything but there's like 1950s jazz records that, yeah. have that I wouldn't want any other way than the crackly like the way they were yeah, yeah, yeah. when they were made, and same with tapes that you know, I am uh, licensed to ill on cassette. Those are those are some key ones. That's the thing. Like, how do you decide which one you're going to buy, and like what format? Because like, I feel like I tend to keep a lot of like hardcore and like scene records. That's what I'd like to, because I feel like they are way more limited, and that's mm-hmm. another stupid thing that I get caught up in is the. Physical copies are limited, especially nowadays because everything's streaming. Yeah. And everything made now, like, you could be an artist and not even make a CD. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, the what I buy on 
you know, I don't want like like eighteen copies of the same damn record. Yeah, right? there's a few things I have. I realized I have Deep Purple Machine Head on tape, eight track record, CD, and then digitally. Yeah, <laughs> there's a few like that. What's yeah. what's one of the what's like a really good gem in your collection? Whether it be any kind of format, but what's like your like this is my this is my one. Oh shit! Like this is my box set, or this is my most rare thing. I really have a lot of. I'm not trying to sound like a dick. I'm like, <laughs> I have a lot, like maybe three thousand plus of records. I I have real trouble. I'd have like an OCD meltdown if I tried to answer that because okay. <laughs> I would okay. think like a nerd. But then what about the other one? Um, I don't know. I know when I'm checking out any kind of stereo or equalizer, I always put on T-Rex Electric Warrior because it seems like uh, Tony Visconti produced records like that. Um, I don't know. That's the one I always, no matter how many times I hear it, I hear like another instrument in it. Roy Orbison's like mm-hmm. that too. Mm-hmm. It's just like a symphony and stuff. Um, oh. So we'll wrap it up a little bit. So I'm going right. to touch base on some old band stuff, obviously, because we got that question the most. Mm-hmm. When, if ever, can we expect a cursed reunion slash new music? Nah. No Furnace Fest hasn't hit you up? No, lots of people have hit us up. There's just people that are out. Okay. There's so. some things that happened back then. That, that was it. <laughs> okay. That was it. Period. That was this one. That was one that we got. No, no, it's fair. I mean, if you if this is if you're living in like this just now and you just you're so used to seeing bands reunite and play just because if you're not yeah this year's a big year for all that too. I, and I, that's furnace fest. So I was yeah. Curious. Now someone's got to not do it. Um, and that's us. <laughs> Sticking it to you all, not yeah. the man. But no, no. There's like there's friendships. They just got torn apart. I feel you. Yeah, people come and go. There's situations with people that are beyond it's people that haven't been in this scenario and it's been over 10 years since the end of Cursed you know mm-hmm. so there's people that aren't yeah, like 2008, 2007 right Do you guys hung it up around them this should happen in Europe yeah, yeah. so that's I straight up horse's mouth not ever gonna be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you've heard it here first uh, don't expect that shit anytime yeah. soon um, you may not know this particular question, but maybe you guys talked about it in the van somewhere. Uh, but James was part of um, Undying, mm-hmm. and the last person we had on the podcast was Tommy and uh, Paul from Between the Baird and Me, and Tommy was also part of Undying. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was around when Furnace Fest started announcing like all these old comeback people. So can we expect maybe a possible Undying or Prayer for Cleansing get-together? I don't know if you might know I that. can authoritatively say yes, both. Oh, okay. No, I can't. Oh, okay. I'm joking. Okay. I don't... <laughs> No, I don't have no, no idea. No, no. Sorry. All right, well, to... I'll just pull Ginny aside later. I'll tell him that I said it, and then they'll have to do it. Yeah, let's just make it a thing yeah. where, like, we it, yeah. is, it is a thing. No, no, I know, I know that. We'll, we'll just don't we'll speak it into fruition. <laughs> Please don't really ask them that. They're not. No, they can't. They're in a similar, I think, thing. Too. Okay, okay. You know, all our bands back then, dude, everyone was friends, and, you know, like, our, our relationships were, like, really tangled up. Right. No. Yeah. You get you sleep, eat, and live with someone for the long periods of time, long and you work with each other. Yeah. You know, so you're with each other all the time. There's bound to be some headbutting going on. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of people have really, really realistic, good reasons that they just they did it, and that was it, and we all did the fuck out of it. And now yeah, some people move on. Yeah. With now life, we do this. Well, we'll wrap it up here. Is there anything else that you would like to shout out, maybe, or any band that we should check out that you're familiar with that maybe the average person wouldn't know about yet, or if you want some lard, visit uh, Chris's website company. He can sell you some lard. Veganmagic.cc. There you go. The Cayman Islands, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird domain. Uh, there's so many. CA? Yeah, it's, we have .ca. Okay. I did .cc because it was my initials. I was being a dickhole. But it, uh, 
No one's looking for anything at .cc, you know? You might, yeah, you might be one of the only ones. You're holding it down for I'm the vegan bar. Cayman Islands represent. Now, there's a million great bands now. Uh, most of them are, I don't know, I like playing with, like this weekend with Magnitude is mm-hmm. a perfect example of what's still beautiful to all this, you know, mm-hmm. for all of us to be able to play with people that are like, you know, in their 20s now or younger than that even, and it's all, there's no fucking hierarchy to it, and we're all just like hardcore kids doing yeah. their thing, and we're opening their show, and they're probably listening to, you know, like Earth Crisis. Right. Because just, of that, yeah. It's a, kind of a big circle. So I love that. So there's a million bands, and there's always a lot of things that blow my mind. Um, I forgot to ask this earlier, so we'll just really quick and we'll end on this. Mm-hmm. Do you guys get a lot of crossover from Fall Out Boy fans? You know what? Honest answer, man, it... It happens a lot that someone will show up at a show and they'll be like Fall Out Boy fans mm-hmm. and they'll end up at like a VFW hall with <laughs> someone. No, really, like that's the way this goes down sometimes is pretty cool. It'll be like, say, a parent and two like 16-year-olds, you know what I mean? Like there'll yeah. be like really young people and they'll come and that'll be the first time they see like a hardcore show that's a yeah. DIY show at a VFW hall and they'll sit at our table and we'll talk to them about whatever, right? Yeah. So it's like... I don't know. Uh, Andy's really good like that. He just takes it as for what it is, you know? So, I mean, he's got to be a smart dude and realize, you know, there's definitely going to be some crossover and there's going to be some people that would be like, oh, this is not my thing. Right. Yeah. But if you're young too, you find things however you find them. For sure. So what if, like, there's a lot of people that come to this through that. Yeah. And then they get sure. opened up to a whole different world. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I like All to... right, brother. Well, we got to, I don't mean to cut you off. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, we both have to get to the venue. Like, ah, <laughs> we got one of those shows. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, the couch is so comfortable. It is, you know. I wish Sorry nice. the dog had to be put up a little bit. No, I wish we, you know. All right, Chris, well, I appreciate it very much for coming on Thank the podcast. Thank you so much. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.